Welcome to the Black Women Unfiltered Podcast, a podcast where we encourage and empower Black women to speak their unfiltered truth about life experiences. I am your host, Whitney Sale. Today in the guest chair, we have Kiara McCummins, also known as K-Mac by most. She's the second guest in our perspective of a Black woman series speaking on behalf of Black women in their 30s. Kiara is from Hampton, Virginia, and is currently an engineer. A fun fact about Kiara is up until college, she's very much into the performing arts world and was in everything except acting. Not her calling, she says. When asked what it means to be a Black woman, Kiara responded, it means strength. It means undeniable beauty. It means standing firm in the face of adversity. It means everything. She wouldn't change her bliggity black womanhood for anything else in this world. Let's welcome Kiara to the guest chair. Hi. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Doing pretty good. I'm so excited to have you in the chair. This is our episode about a perspective of a black woman in her 30s. And I totally thought about you because I was like, she is pretty much ahead of the curve. Like, I feel like you've done the work. You've made it successfully through your 20s. And from what I've seen from the little time I've known you about almost, what, two, three years? Yeah. I've seen seen you transition to your 30s well. Thank you. So, I appreciate that. <laughs> no problem. Hey, everyone, everyone's not able. So we'll start with our first question. How does it feel to be a Black woman in her 30s in the year 2020? Okay. Um, before I get started, I want to say that I wrote down talking points. So please forgive me if it sounds like I'm reading. I don't want to forget anything. Um, but as far as how it feels to be a Black woman in her 30s. So for me right now in this space, I said that it feels amazing. Um I've been working on making sure all areas of my life are in like peak health. So uh, mental, physical, uh, spiritual. And I do feel like I've been progressing um, in that direction. And then I also feel like coming out of my 20s, like the things that I didn't have, like I actually have like a baby savings account. Um, I kind of know which way I want my career to go. And I've been able to set some clear boundaries and relationships and learn to use the word no. Um, it's been awesome because I did not have that in my twenties at all. Um, but I would say in the, the wider scope of things, um, it begs a little bit of a different response. It's a little frightening with the way that our current, uh, space of our nation is, but I think that kind of speaks for itself. I'm glad you brought up the point of boundaries and no's and saying no, because that's what my end of my twenties was for me and going into, you know, our thirties. Like that's very important, and that's something that we're not really taught. And it wasn't until I went to therapy I was taught that. So I'm glad you brought that up. Very important. I definitely have worked on it in the last couple of years because before I was just saying yes to make everybody else happy. So, and doesn't that make you tired? It drains <laughs> you to death. <laughs> yes, that's something I'm like, oh, now I'm like, oh, that's what you do in your 20s. I'm not finna do that in my 30s. Kier, can you know? Would you like to? No. It's perfect. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So transitioning. What are three areas you feel Black women in their 30s struggle with and why? So I kind of struggled with this question because it's kind of different. I mean, difficult, excuse me, for me to think of three things, but I feel like the things that I thought of all fit under one umbrella, which was okay. comparison. Um, so I know specifically for me um, in my thirties and my friends, like dealing with like social media, a lot of what we deal with is looking at other people and what they have. Um, so mm-hmm. the three things I thought of were relationships, finances, and then your identity. So relationships, not just romantic, but I think friendships as well. Um, soon as you hit 30, people just start bombarding you with questions. It's like, you know, you're getting married, you're having kids. What happened to the friends you had in college? And it's like, whoa, simmer down. Um, I'm going to get it together. But I think that that for me is like the biggest thing. And especially with social media, when you see folks traveling all over the places with their friends and you sitting at the house or getting married or having kids and you sitting at the house, like it definitely was the number one thing I thought of with comparison. Finances, I think, kind of speaks for itself. You know, you see people buying houses, cars, doing all these amazing things, and you're trying to figure out how, when it's really none of your concern, just to, you know, continue 
taking care of what you have going on. And then um, identity. I said, I feel like we struggle with being comfortable with who we are because people tell us every day what they think we should be. Um, and I think that that's a big thing. And it's it's tough when you think you should be further along in life than where you are. But, you know, where you are is exactly where you should be at this specific time. Right. And I feel like with social media, people post the success, but you don't see the failures and you don't see what it took to get there. Exactly. I think that that's very important. You don't know the debt accumulated. You don't know the arguments behind things. You don't know the struggle. And I, I definitely have to remind myself, even to this day, like what people went through to get to where they are. Right. The grass isn't always greener on the other side. That's for sure. That is for sure. (laughs) So what are three areas you feel Black women in their 30s are successful with and why? Okay. Um, So first one I have is business. I feel like Black women in their 30s have been killing the business game lately. Um, And I recently watched this documentary on Netflix. You have to forgive me because I don't remember the name of it, but it basically highlighted black women and small businesses like the lip bar was included um, and a couple other like restaurant type businesses. But it highlighted just the like mass percentage that profit has grown for black women in in business. Um, And I believe a lot of those women were around this age group. And I thought that that was pretty awesome to see, um, even though. It's a little difficult for for women to kind of or black women, I guess, to get those like small business loans and things like that. Um, they're still out here killing the game. So I think that's awesome. Uh, the second one I have was mentoring and networking. I feel like our age range, especially the good part of social media, uh, has been connecting with one another, like expanding your ecosystem. And it's been awesome to watch just seeing people connect off of some of the smallest things and make really awesome friendships or business networks or whatever the case may be. Um, I think we've been doing a really good job uh, with that in the last couple of years. And then the last one I have, which is kind of interesting, given the platform we're on, I had media, performing arts and content creation. I definitely think this has been something that women in our age group have been showing out in like just seeing the the YouTube space take off, the podcast space take off. Um, it's, it's just been really, really cool to see because when I, uh, you know, just I can talk about my hair. When I went natural years ago, there was nobody out there for me to really follow. And right. there are people everywhere. So um, those are the three that I thought of and why I think we are successful. And it's it's just really beautiful to see. Yeah, I feel like our age range is taking into consideration that there isn't there wasn't a lot of people before us willing to pass down and share the knowledge. I don't know why, but I feel like we're creating spaces where we want to control our own narrative and stop letting media control it. I, I know that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast, because I was like, yes, there's so many positive black groups and black women. And I'm like, yes. I was like, but who's talking about the issues that we go through? Like so many times I would talk about an issue with another, you know, black friend and not know she went through it until I went through it. And I'm like, well, why can't we connect? Like we need to be able to connect and be able to share our stories and not be able to feel ashamed. So. I think I totally agree with that. How do you feel society in 2020 views black women? And then part two to that question is how do you think black women in their thirties view each other? So it took me a while to get an answer for this question too. Um, The second part kind of caught me off guard. I'm like, okay, all right, I got to think. So (laughs) I'm going, this is kind of where my brain was at. So I feel predominantly society views us as the strong, driven, non-effable, that's what I wrote down, women that we are. Mm -hmm. But I also think that they are very intimidated. Um, Like you just said, I feel like our age age range is getting stronger. Um, We're getting more knowledgeable. We're using more resources and we're asking more questions. We're not taking no for an answer and we're making our own tables if no one else lets us pull a seat up to theirs. Um, Mm. and I feel like obstacle after obstacle we push through, uh, but I do feel like there is a ways to go in the career world. We're still far more educated than our counterparts, but paid way less and looked over for opportunities. 
um, profits for black women and, you know, their businesses has increased over more than 100 percent in the past few years. But the opportunity for loans uh, and amounts received are scarce. And I think we all know the reasons behind those. Um, But I do feel like we should just continue to push through. And then as far as how we view each other, I want to say that it's positively. I feel like as we've grown up, age and maturity um, have provided the opportunity for growth and how we view one another in the collective, but there's definitely room for improvement, always room for improvement. But I do feel like there's been a positive influx of representation of one another over the past five years or so. And I hope that it continues to grow. Yeah, I feel like when you hit 30, I don't know about for you, but for me, it was like an aha moment. And it was like, like you said, coming into ourselves. And I just feel like there's room for everyone at the table. There's room for you to, if you want to do YouTube, if you want to cook, like there's no need for us to compete. And I love how, you know, it's nothing to share a friend's post or nothing to keep them motivated and encouraged. And I feel like that really happens in your 30s because in your 20s, you're comparing yourself. But once you hit 30, you're kind of like, I think I'm good where I'm at, you know? Exactly, yeah. How do Black women in their 30s define success? And do you agree or disagree with this viewpoint? So let's see if I can find my my order of operations. Okay. Um, So I feel like where we are currently in this time, the two things that I think of when it comes to success is career success and then cash flow. Um, And that's whether it's corporate or if you're working for yourself through a business or content creation, whatever that may be. Um, But I feel like if you were asking me this question like a decade ago, or maybe a little bit longer, it would have been defined by marriage and children. Mm -hmm. And although uh, either of the options that I just mentioned are beautiful things, I just want to make sure that everybody knows that you're not defined by either one of those. Um, So Mm -hmm. I would say that I disagree. Um, Your career, your salary, like all of those things can be gone tomorrow. <laughs> so I just kind of feel like for me, if I had to define success, it would just be being in a place of like total health and wellness, if that is a possible thing, whatever that means to you. Mm-hmm. Um, something that you can somewhat have control over, you know, uh, to a certain mm-hmm. extent, but I definitely wouldn't place it in my career or my bank account because that changes day by day for sure. Right. And do you think the the shift from marriage and kids to career has changed because it seems like our generation is getting married later in life? Like a lot of us are 30 and still aren't married or still haven't found that one. Uh, For sure. And I think that that, you know, of course, is attributed to the fact that salaries aren't really increasing, but bills are increasing. So um, a lot of people in the millennial age range and, you know, specifically women, I would say like to kind of have things in some kind of order before they they step out and make these decisions. So we just kind of keep shifting it to the left (laughs) a little bit. Um, But I definitely think that that plays a big role in it. Like as we this age goes further and further down the road where people are getting married um, that flipped over to career and, and money, in my opinion. Okay. What do you feel society underestimates, underestimates about women, black women in their thirties? And why do you think our age group is viewed that way? Um, So I feel that society believes that we don't take anything seriously Um, But I think that that's just for the overall arching like millennials group. Um, And it may not even be race specific or gender specific. Um, But I think that that's based on kind of the fact that you mentioned earlier, like we don't really have the same mindset as our predecessors. Like we're not Mm going to stay in one job for 30 years if we're not happy. (laughs) Like I'm not not doing that. Uh, we're not going to stick around people or places that are bad for our mental health. Like when Mm -hmm. you said setting boundaries, saying no, um, I think for a lot of us, just kind of seeing people stay around situations that weren't feeding them. Um, it just kind of got to us like, I'm, I'm not doing that. And then also I think another 
reason people think that is because our age range, you know, people that did get married early on are leaving marriages and relationships that aren't healthy at a higher percentage. And it's not that we're not taking things seriously. I think people are just like, oh, they're making these impulsive moves. And and that's not it. It's just the fact that we're not afraid to make the moves, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just seen somewhat in a negative light because it's something that a lot of the people in the older age ranges, they wouldn't do um, just because of comfortability or security. And it's just like, sometimes like I my peace of mind is better than security right now. So I got to figure something out. Um, So that's what I would say specifically for our age range. Yeah, I totally agree. I think um, mental health has become a big thing. And our generation, instead of ignoring it, is kind of leaning into it. And so we will up and leave a job. Um, I feel like there's tons of jobs everywhere. And now we're coming into the areas of where you can, you don't even have to work in the office anymore, be around people anymore. You can be totally remote. Exactly. So that in itself helps people. But yeah, no, I definitely agree. I definitely think we are underestimated, but, you know... They need a PDF converted. They're they're quick to hit us up real quick. Quick to walk around to your cube. Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave me alone. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. What do you feel is missing from Black women being able to create a sense of community within our culture as opposed to separate entities? So I think resources and opportunity were the two words that came to mind for me. Um, Other entities have readily available access to both of the things that I just mentioned. Um, And for us, it takes a little bit more time and a lot more energy to get the Mm -hmm. same thing or something that's maybe not as good as what they're able to acquire. Um, And I think that if we had the same access, we'd be Mm -hmm. able to create that same uh, sense of community, in my opinion. Do you think we, what's the word, kind of stop our own progression because of the people that do have the knowledge? Sometimes they're afraid to pass it down. Because I see I see half and half. I see some Black women entrepreneurs that will share everything, their journey from the beginning, the zero to where they are now. And then you have the other half that kind of just, they'll give you hints, but it's almost like they don't want you to come up to their level. So do you think we kind of stop our own way? Um, I definitely agree with that. And I think that that's across the board. Like you have the side Mm -hmm. of people, like you said, that will sit down with you, share and make sure that you don't face any obstacle that they face. Um, If they went through it, they'll try to block you from it. And then you have the side that for some reason kind of wants you to stumble your way through. Um, I'm not sure what the mindset is to go with the latter, but I definitely feel like in some instances we can get our, get in our own way. If we have the resources and we have those opportunities, I don't, I personally don't understand why we wouldn't Mm -hmm. reach back out to the people that are trying to get to where we are. Um, But for a lot of people, it might just be that um, I heard this the other day. It's the poverty mentality. Like when Mm -hmm. you get something, and you've never had it before, you just hold on to it because you don't want to lose it. And it possibly mm. could be that. So that's true. Um, have you thought of any solutions for this issue that we have with getting the right sense of community within our culture? Um, so I will say a couple years ago, uh, I thought about at one point hosting some type of like networking brunch, get together, sit down thing for african-american women i never kind of got it completed (laughs) you start thinking about all the things that come with it and i'm like oh right okay um Mm -hmm. but i definitely think those spaces where we're allowed to have those conversations and the comfort of one another really helps in getting that that started um but i've definitely thought about it just never put the action behind the thought Right. I see a lot of brunches, but I would prefer to go to like a networking one, one with a purpose. Right. Exactly. You know, eating and looking fly is great, but I'd rather get some knowledge passed down for sure. Exactly. 
So why do you think Black women struggle to be open and honest about deep issues and experiences that they've had in their lives? Um, I feel like we aren't allowed to be weak. Mm. Uh, I feel like I've witnessed men of other races receive way more leniency for way less serious situations. Um, Mm. And it's very startling sometimes. Like I can think of an example where at, you know, at my job, somebody literally lost both of their parents and a sibling within a year of one another. And in that situation, she was looked at to still come to work every day to still do all of these things. But then you have somebody on her team that's experiencing something that's, you know, I don't want to assume the pain level for one another, you know, one person or another, but Mm -hmm. in my opinion, something that was way less serious and they were granted so much grace and so much mercy. It just blew my mind. Like Mm -hmm. I, I had no clue. And I feel like in general, like, they, people want women to be strong. And when you add black to it, it adds this extra level of assumed toughness. And then when you look within our race, like if I go and tell somebody, hey, I, I feel like I'm depressed and you're met with a, you don't know how blessed you are or you need to look at this or, you know, pray it away kind of thing. I feel like in this space, like it's very important to let people know, like you're allowed to have a pastor and a therapist like he made therapists for a reason so you know we're able to do both um so i think just instead of taking the time to open up we keep it to ourselves, and it sucks it really does do you think we created that narrative for ourselves to be strong um i don't think so i mean i would assume like just thinking back to seeing pictures or history books or whatever the case may be if you look at you know, paintings of Africa, you see women carrying things on their head without their arms. It's just like this Mm -hmm. amazing, just aura of toughness that is seen. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that that just kind of trickled its way down just from how things started in the beginning. And it may not have been an intentional thing, um, but I don't think it's something that we ever try to get in the way of and stop, if that makes sense. So yeah. I think it's still crazy in 2020 that we still can't be vulnerable. We're attacked in the media still. For um, sure. Sometimes even by our own male counterparts, but yeah. that's a discussion for another day. But <laughs> <That's> another podcast. <laughs> another topic. But yes, for sure. I think I just it just blows my mind how, you know, it's almost like we're afraid to even go into those spaces and we shouldn't be. For sure. What do you feel is needed for Black women to own their truths and speak freely about the importance of mental health and spiritual growth? So this was another difficult question for me because I don't know if I'm sure. Um, I feel like at this point, being a woman that's in her 30s, I feel like we are a lot more open than we have been in the past about discussing these things. Um, I feel like in the bigger picture, folks aren't afraid to have the conversation. And I really appreciate that. Um, And I also feel like we have access to a lot more resources and that's allowed us to freely fill up that space. Um, Mm -hmm. But for me personally, I know like, having those things at my fingertips has made me more comfortable in tackling both of those topics. Um, I've used Talkspace for therapy. um, And I know for a lot of people that don't want to go to therapists or don't have the time, that was an awesome way for me to uh, have that experience and have those moments in a way that fit into my schedule. Um, You know, there's self-improvement journals all over the place. Uh, There are podcasts as far as the eye can see about mental health and wellness Um, you can watch sermons every day on YouTube if you want to. Uh, There are devotional groups that I've done online with churches and groups that I've never even met or heard of before. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think, you know, you see on Instagram, there are so many women that 
you know, studied the field of mental health and wellness. Um, so it's, they're there. I, you know, I pick pieces from each one of those to kind of help build what works for me. And in my twenties, none of that was available to me. Um, all I had was going to the therapist on campus at school. And, you know, that was just a very like cut and dry way of trying to fix a bunch of things. And I think that it's awesome that we have so many different pots that we can pull from to kind of get and build everything together. Um, And I can craft it in whatever way it fits for me in the current situation that I'm in. Okay. And just to go back, what is Talkspace? I haven't heard of that. Okay. So Talkspace is an online therapy app, um, not sponsored. Uh, (laughs) But so basically they have um, many different ways that you can interact with a therapist. So you can do video chat sessions. You can talk on the phone with them. And then they also have like a journaling option where you can text your therapist, um, Mm -hmm. whatever you're going through, whenever you're going through something and you guys agree upon a set date and time that they respond to you as a message as well. If you still don't feel comfortable talking or video chatting with somebody and they try to find you a therapist in your area, because the hope is that you transition from the app to their office. And it's really awesome. Yeah. Sounds very innovative. Um, I know, also not sponsored, Therapy for Black Girls. Yes. Dot uh, com is a great website. That's actually where I found my therapist. And you can oh, okay. um, you can search by city up to, I think, like 50 miles. And you can read their bios. And a lot of them are on, like, Psychology Today. So you can see their reviews. But, yeah, that's actually um, a really good website. So I'll make sure to link those in the notes. But yes, thank you for that helpful tip because I didn't even know about uh, Talkspace. Oh, yes. So transitioning into relationships and dating. Oh, fun things. Oh, all the time. (laughs) How do Black women in their 30s view romantic relationships? Is it difficult for Black women to date in their 30s, in your opinion? So I think the 30s for a lot of Black women is when things start to settle in. Um, I know for me personally, like the last couple years of my, you know, mid-20s, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm out here living my life. But like 28, (laughs) 29, I'm like, oh, I'm out here living my life. (laughs) And then it's like 29, you're like, okay, life is lived. I got to figure something out. Um, You know, I know for me personally, like, right, you know, 29, I'm like, okay, am I, am I ever going to get married? Like, I kind of want some kids or somebody to talk to, you know? Um, and if that's, you know, if that's what your heart desires. Uh, so I feel like the people that are around me in their thirties are, you know, definitely looking for that relationship, that companionship. Um, but I am going to say that I feel like dating in 2020 as a 30-year-old Black woman, is probably one of the most difficult things I have ever seen. I mean, I know for me specifically, um, I have not dated in my 30s, um, mm-hmm. but from 26 to 29, it was enough to just make you want to chill by yourself. Like, <laughs> it is a lot, and it is, it's difficult. And then for me, when you add the extra layer of, like, I'm not really about the dating app life, um, I'm a, I'm a pretty nervous person. Um, so, you know, there's like a, a meme online where it's like, if my, you know, husband doesn't break into my house, like he's not going to meet me. Like, that's me. I'm that person. Um, so I, I definitely feel like, you know, looking at my friends that are still in the dating space that are 30, it's been a, it's been an interesting, um, interesting ride for them. Um, but they've kind of figured out ways to navigate it in the best way that works for them, but it it's, it's hard. Um, I am thankful to not be in that space right now because I just sit at home. I promise I would just sit at home. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm also like you, I, I got married at 27, way, way ahead of my own curve. I didn't want to get married until I was 30. Surprise. Yes. And then I tell my husband, I'm like, we were on dating apps before they like blew up. Like I remember when Tinder was like 
a thing and I couldn't even stand Tinder because I was like, I'm literally picking someone off of how they look. They could have a terrible personality and I won't know. And I was like, that is really like, <sighs> that was that was a headache in itself. But I hear the horror stories of my friends in my 30s and we say it all the time. We're like, oh, I don't know if I could date because I'm like, I'm too settled now. Like, I know what I want. I can't put up with the foolishness. But do you think that social media and DMs and all that have influenced dating? Oh, for sure. Um, I definitely think, you know, before my current relationship, um, we met at my job when he was on his way out. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of the other dating experiences that I had uh, came from people popping up in Instagram DMs or, you know what I'm saying? Like, even though I wasn't on the app, it definitely played a big role uh, in how I interacted with people when it came to dating, for sure, for sure. And what yeah. what was that like versus beating someone in person? Was it like when you found, you know, your significant other, was it easier to talk to him in person or... Did you find yourself struggling between that? Oh, you're in my DMs. It's easy to like ignore you or, you know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I feel like it, my, my current situation, it's a little bit different because it was not when we met, it was not with the intent to date. Um, okay. We were definitely just introduced and then we were friends for like three years um, oh, okay. so it was a little bit, it was a little bit, a little bit different, um, in my opinion, cause we were already talking and right. then it just kind of transitioned, but I definitely agree. Like when it was, uh, I felt like for me, it gave me the opportunity to play more games with like DMS and stuff. So like you said, mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, I'm gonna read your message and leave it on red. So, you know, you don't think I'm too desperate. Like, I don't know. Right. I just feel like my brain was doing all of these things. And I'm just not cool enough for that. Like, I need the basics. <laughs> like, the basics. Yeah. See your face. Let's go out. Right. Cool. We'll leave it at that. But I, for sure. I understand. People ask all the time. They're like, you guys met online? I'm like, yeah, but I didn't go a week or two without meeting them because people are crazy. Ugh. Like, that's one of the things you got to watch out for with online dating. Like, I there's so many crazy DMs I got. I was like, all right. Right now, I'm back not, in like 2014, and we're in 2020. Yeah. So I can only imagine now. I don't, and I'm okay, and not <laughs> I'm okay. Yeah, <laughs> same. <laughs> so, um, transitioning into just the back into the black community, what are some myths about black women you think we should unravel? Um, so I feel like a big myth that has always bothered me is that. Uh, black women tend to have attitudes that rubs me the wrong way every time I hear it Mm -hmm. Um, because one all women have attitudes just it doesn't purple black yellow white green all of them have attitudes but Mm -hmm. I definitely um, want people to understand like a lot of times those attitudes are because of things that people did that warrant an attitude but um, it's just not right to assume that mm-hmm. a black woman is going to have an attitude because a lot of us don't. Like, I mean, to be sure. honest, I, half the time I really just am my, my spirit just doesn't care that much <laughs> to have yeah. an attitude. Yeah. So that was the first one I wrote down. And then the second one um, that we don't ever need or want help. I feel like it's mm-hmm. uh, a myth that we want to be the independent woman and take care of ourselves and stand. And I feel like, you know, in a certain regard, yes, like I do want to be able to provide for myself. Um, but I don't like that sometimes because people think that they don't offer those those helping hands when somebody really needs it just because they think, oh, she's got it. She, she you know. She's 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 independent. She don't need nobody. That's that's absolutely not true. Um, so those were the big the first two things that came to mind when I read that question. Yeah, to um for your first one with the attitude, I always feel like there's distinct like there are some black women you meet where you're like, Okay, you got attitude and we just know and then there's the ones that are just like some people that's just their face, like 
they could be the sweetest people, but like they don't know you, so they don't show emotion. Right. Like, leave me alone. I just am stone faced all the time. Not an attitude. Right. <laughs> yeah. And do you think like how we're portrayed on reality shows, does that even help? That doesn't even help us. Like, I, I feel like it hinders us. Like, I love me some Real Housewives of Atlanta, but I'm like, every time y'all get together, y'all fight. Like, this is not real life. Like, I couldn't have a group of friends where every time we got together, it was an issue. I wouldn't be friends with nobody. Look, I used to be a devout Real Housewives watcher. I would yeah. turn in for Atlanta weekly. And then I just thought, I'm like, in what life do I meet every day for lunch to fight like it just doesn't make sense like we meet for lunch every day to fight and I can't we go on trips to fight like you know we're all going on a trip and we don't like each other so I had to uh, I had to let it go but um I do I absolutely despise the way reality tv in a lot of cases portrays the black woman it it makes my skin crawl so because right, people just think that's us and i'm like no like my they friends are we don't do that. <laughs> yeah like, they get paid to be in the atmosphere of drama like ain't ain't enough money in the world for me to tap into that at all okay kind of winding down our interview, but what do you feel women in their 30s need help or advice from older Black women? So I'm going to just go ahead and say everything. Um, <laughs> so um, I'll speak for myself. Uh, although times have like changed and the situations may not be the same, it would have been very helpful to hear about what was to come because... I just wake up and hope for the best, to be honest. Like, <laughs> yes. every day it's something else. And I'm like, dang, if I would have known that it was going right. to be like this, I could have been prepared. But I do understand we're in a completely different space. Our mm-hmm. parents could have never imagined that it was going to be like this. <laughs> so right. I understand. But if I could just sit down and talk, I just run down a list of everything. Help me, please help me. What are some issues or experiences you wish older generations of black women would pass down knowledge on? Um, So for me specifically, I would say the workplace. Um, I have, you know, I had a little bit of an idea about what I was going to face going into a male dominated industry. Um, Mm. But then when you add being black on it, I was like, okay, this is going to be a little bit more than what I hear on a regular basis. Um, But I do not think I was prepared at all. Uh, I literally feel like every time I try to do something, (laughs) (laughs) there is like a roadblock. And the Mm -hmm. roadblock that is presented is one that nobody else faces. Like I can talk about a recent experience where I was up for a promotion and the promotion out of the program was very, it should have been seamless, just a very seamless, you're done. Here's your evaluation paper. You're good. At the time it was three of us going through it. I was the only black person and the only woman. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other two uh, males were minorities, but they, they were men. I mm. was requested to provide so many additional things. Mm. And my supervisors were required to have like four and five meetings with leadership that was never requested for the other two young men. And it's wow. like, I have questions. Like, <laughs> what, <laughs> for sure. what is this? Um, so I definitely feel like if I could, ha- if I could go back, I would try to pick somebody's brain that had been in this field for a Mm. while and ask those questions because it is very challenging. And I think from like literally from the moment I left school, my first job within that first year, it was just like somebody was right there just to to roadblock. So um, if I could talk to somebody, I wish they would have passed those experiences down, you know, when they were able to get into the workforce and do what their heart desired, um, I definitely would have appreciated some of that knowledge. And you're in the the field of engineering, right? 
Yes. Anything in your personal life you wish you would have known? Like I tell my mom all the time, she was that parent that didn't force us to do anything. But I'm like, I wish you would have forced me to like learn how to do my hair because <laughs> I'd be struggling. And now these Instagram um, hair people want to charge you like $300, $400. Oh, and I'm like, my goodness. I remember back in the day, it was like 100 If that. And now right. I got to come with my hair washed, blow dried, straightened, right. clean. And you still going to charge me $300? It's so much. And I, I can't stand this. Oh, if you're late, I'm going to charge you. But what if you're late? Do Can I, I charge you? Right. Yeah. So, um, uh, personal life, uh, I would probably say like the relationship space. Um, yeah. my, my parents were pretty good and, um, instilling like order and forcing me, like you, you didn't force you to, my parents forced me to do everything. Um, mm-hmm. in it, in it, in everything you could think of, but I definitely mm-hmm. think, um, in my household, like being in a relationship was a, you know, you can't date till you're 16. You can't do no, this. You yeah. can't do that. And, um, I think for me, because of that, it's kind of hindered a little bit how I move in the relationship space. Um, mm-hmm. so I definitely feel if I could have gotten a little bit of knowledge from older generations about how to move around in that space it would have been very helpful instead of me just being like well i couldn't date till i was 16 well now i don't want to date at all because i don't know how to do it like (laughs) yeah so i guess those would be my two things okay that makes sense um if you could ask three questions to a black woman in their 40s what would they be um so my first question was how have you made it thus far being in a world that constantly works against you mm-hmm. and how are you, or what has allowed you to keep your, and I put in quotes, sanity. Okay. Um, because I think that that's a, that's something I definitely need the answer to. Um, if I'm just at 30 and these people right. are driving me crazy. Um, I would ask what was one thing that they learned in their thirties that they feel was pivotal in shaping the rest of the years that they've experienced thus far. Um, And if there was anything that they would redo in their lifetime, if they had the opportunity to reshape their future. I'll make sure to write those down and ask our next guest. Okay. Those (laughs) are the 40s. So tune into that one. You should get some answers. I did have two questions from the 20-year-old episode, if you don't mind answering them to your best ability. Okay. So one of them was, when did you find your passion in life? And what was that aha moment for you? Um, So I'm going to say that I am still working on that. Um, I definitely feel that the job that I'm working in is, oddly enough, the dream job that I envisioned when I was in high school. Like I always wanted to do this and it ended up being that, um, took a little roundabout way to get here, but I made it. Um, Mm -hmm. but I definitely feel that it's still a job at the moment. I feel like Mm -hmm. there, there is opportunity for me to make it something that is that passion. Um, over the last couple of months, I've been thinking about, and it kind of goes back to what you said at the beginning, like how you have those two groups of people, the group that reaches back and helps, and then the group that kind of keeps it to themselves. Um, I feel like in my gut, my passion is becoming to be on that that left side that reaches back and helps. Like to know that I've gone through all these experiences um, in the corporate world in this role, I want to be able to help people that want to move forward in the engineering field that look like me that are this age. Um, so mm-hmm. they don't have to experience those same things. But I, I haven't figured out what that means yet, if that makes sense. Okay. And if you can say it, what is your um, current role? That's your dream job. Uh, so I work for the Navy. Um, okay. Yeah. I get it. She works for the government, y'all. So she can't tell y'all her whole <laughs> life. Okay? Don't, don't, be, don't be getting mad at me because I didn't get the answer. <laughs> no, that makes sense. Um so basically, for the twenty-year-olds out there, we're still finding our passions in our thirties. So there's sure. there's no there's no age limit on there. There is no rush, right? 
And the second question was, is there anything you see in the current 10 years below us, so 20 to 29-year-olds, that surprises you? Um, I will say that when we, well, I feel like when we were in our 20s, or I'll speak for myself, I was really just thinking about being in my 20s. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm at school. I'm doing school things, you know? Right. I am trying to thoroughly enjoy being in this space that is 20. And I feel right. like these 20 to 29 year olds are out here like living adult lives. And yeah. I have to like question if I'm doing things <laughs> correctly. Um, and I mean, I think that that's pretty awesome to see because I definitely feel like for a lot of us, our 20 to 29 was that space where we made some mistakes that we're right. now correcting in our 30s. Oh, so yes. I'm hoping that as they are making these moves, you know, they're not going through that same mistake time as we did. And mm -hmm. it does seem to be that way. Like these women are out here making moves. Like I watch YouTubers that are like seven years younger than me. And I'm like, dang, y'all are out All here right. killing it. Um, so I definitely feel like they're a little bit more mature as a whole, but I think that that might just be because of all the opportunities and resources they have at hand. Like we didn't have that. I think Twitter came out when we were like sophomores. I don't know. Yeah, like, like you know, 20, 2009, 2010, like yeah. Instagram. I felt like our generation is, was at the beginning of everything with like social media. I went like, and bought an iPad just so I could have Instagram because I had an Android phone. And that was oh, when I graduated undergrad. And I was yeah. like, and it's like, there are kids out here with Instagrams now. So, um, right. yeah, I feel like these, they are definitely a little bit far ahead, especially with technology. Oh, um, yes. And just using that to their advantage. Right. Like I'm saying, sometimes I sit here and I'm like, did I grow up with the internet? The way I'm acting, I'm struggling. Look, like, okay. <laughs> I remember when there wasn't no internet and I'm like, ooh, we aging ourselves, but I'm just like... I feel like with them growing up with technology, they are, they're definitely ahead of us, but I feel like where they lack is communication. Communication, yeah, I agree. That's I agree. something that we in our generation, like we know how to communicate, like we know how to speak to the older generation, like we know how to get, we want like networking because we had to and you know. I have a coworker and sometimes, you know, he'd be struggling, but he's also in his twenties. And I'm like, y'all just grew up behind the screen. So it's hard Safe for y'all to in their phone, man. It's yeah. So weird. <laughs> All the time. Like I met someone and they're in their phone and my friends like, they didn't even speak. And I'm like, Oh, for real? I didn't even think about it. I was just like, that's just their generation. She's like, it's still rude. I'm like, you know what? You're right. It is. And I have to check myself to be like, right. put the phone down. Focus. Right. Like, I remember when I got my phone and my phone didn't do anything but call. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. So come let on, me be Winnie, quiet. Let me like, I just made myself <laughs> I can even oh, get texted. Like, we, yeah, we've come a long way, oh, but yes. <laughs> for sure. Yes. So the last question is, what do you love about being a Black woman in your 30s? Of course, I'm going to say everything. I... <laughs> Truly cherish my bliggity blackness. That's what I call it. And uh, stepping into 30 has really been a really beautiful year. Like, you know, even though I turned 30 and my body was like, oh, you're 30 now. Let's switch some things up. Um, yes. You know, gray hairs are starting to pop up. But I definitely feel like the maturity that has come with turning 30 um, going back to the beginning, the boundaries that came with turning 30, uh, the experiences that I'm able to enjoy with turning 30, like actually having some kind of money in my pocket, <laughs> like, yes, yes. It, it really just puts things into perspective as well as just learning to love, you know what I'm saying? Me, like, mm -hmm. you know, when you're twenties, you're still thinking for me specifically, when I was 20, I was just trying to keep up, dress, whatever, do this, want my hair to do this, makeup to do this. And mm -hmm. I promise you, like, I turned 30 and 
putting makeup on to go places is like a thing. Like, mm-hmm. or actually <laughs> putting on clothes is a thing. Like, yes. I have to remind myself to do these things. And I think that that's awesome because it just shows how comfortable I am. And I definitely feel like that's a calmness that turning 30 brought. And I appreciate it. Yes, uh, I think like you said, our twenties our we were like struggling and we just embraced Ooh. the struggle. It made it look time. good though. We made it look good. Yes, we did, but <laughs> that's that twenty struggle thing is is definitely a thing. But thank you so much for coming into the guest chair. I've enjoyed all of our conversations and just this was just another one. So yeah. I know what you guys may not know, she is I call her Instagram influencer, superstar, natural hair uh-huh. guru, and uh-huh. on YouTube. So where can they follow you on Instagram and where can they uh, subscribe to your YouTube channel? Uh, so on Instagram, my handle is VA underscore slim 25. Uh, and on YouTube, if you type in my name, which I believe will be in the description, maybe. Yes. Um, but first name Kiara, K-I-A-R-A, last name McCummings, too long to spell. Just look in the description box. Um, <laughs> you can uh, find me that way because the little, I don't have the little fancy handle at the end. Um, but as she mentioned, I did like natural hair, sometimes fashion, sometimes just life talk. It's lifestyle kind of stuff up there. So feel free to join me over there. Yes, make sure y'all check her out. And thank you for coming by. No, thank you. I appreciate it. It was fun. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Black Woman Unfiltered podcast. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram at Black Women Unfiltered Podcast. Also, check out our website at www.blackwomenunfiltered.net for weekly blog posts and episode recaps written by our host, Whitney. If today's episode reached you or you know someone who could learn something from it, please click subscribe and share this podcast episode. See you guys next week.